hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey there, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. You know, there are some people, and it may be you as well, that uh, have a passion for something or a hobby or something like that, and you think that, oh, I'd love to share this with other people. I'd love to make a business out of this, but it's so niche that I don't think anybody else would want to buy it or I could never see it being successful. Well, don't count your chickens too soon because my guest today, Katie Dawson, took a small Nishi product and has made an amazingly successful business with her mum. So let me tell you about it. Katie Dawson is the co-founder of Cottage Garden Threads, a boutique business nestled in the quiet hills of country Victoria, Australia. Mother-daughter duo Pam and Katie, along with their passionate team of local women, design, create and produce unique hand-dyed products one by one. The journey began many years ago when Pam dyed fabric in the family home. Kate, as a child, was given the job of tearing meterage from the rolls of homespun. Many years later, a family friend couldn't source the threads she needed, so asked Pam to create them for her. Cottage Garden Threads was born, and the first 35 threads were created at Pam's kitchen sink. Six months in, Katie joined the business, and the pair were learning the business side of things on the fly. Over the years, they've seen many highs and lows, but Cottage Garden Threads continues to grow beyond their wildest dreams. And with the support of an amazing team and a global spike in needlework, Kate is convinced things will just keep getting better and better. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm bloody, you look pretty cosy there in your country cottage. Yes, yeah, I'm at my home in front of my inspirational space here. The only little space I've carved out in my house of five kids and seven people. <laughs> yeah, I've got my little office and I tell you what, there's, there's a lot of noise going on. I don't know if you can hear it or not. The, the teenager's got the boyfriend coming, so we're a little bit, little bit squealy and silly at the moment, so... So you guys have got this amazing, you know, thread company, and I, I don't even know what that means. I mean, you know, I'm just so so far removed from that, but it's it's going great guns, and it's just you know it goes to show that you know there there is a, a market for anything, you you know, and I think that a lot of people don't put their thing out there because they think there's not a market. You know, maybe I just love this, but, you know, other people don't. But when you so you jumped in and helped your mom, you know, after six months or whatever. Were you were you headed somewhere else? You know, like did you have different intentions for life, and and then this just suddenly came up, or, or is this something that's been in your blood forever? Yeah, it has been in my blood. Um, I say that it's entwined with my DNA, um, threads <laughs> and fibre and textiles. My mum comes from a long line of um, dressmakers and and sewers, and so I 
learned very, very early on in my life, all things fibre and textiles. And then I went off um, during high school to do uh, fashion design and construction at TAFE. Um, I wanted to be a fashion designer, but as I got further into it, what I loved most about fashion design was actually the construction um, and the engineering side of taking a 2D cloth um, and being able to shape it into something mm. tailored to fit the human form. So um, I, yeah, I went to TAFE doing that and then I met my husband and we started having, having our babies very early on. So I was 19 when I had my first. And so fast track a little bit to mum starting up her business and I was about my third child in, um, still in my early 20s. And, of course, I moved on from wanting to be a big fashion designer because I'm a country girl at heart and, you know, I thought the only way to get ahead really um, was, and it was a pure assumption, but to move to the city, you know, start sweeping the floors of factories and work your way up. And I didn't want to be in a cutthroat industry like that. That's not me. So started our family and then mum started her business and it started getting busier and busier and I had three little kids. I couldn't go out and work an ordinary job, but I was hungry for something. So I started helping her out and, yeah, it was just literally just to start helping her move from handwritten invoices to getting a chunky old little ex-government laptop and Excel and that kind of thing, things, skills that I'd picked up along the way. Um, and then, yeah, it went from there. I didn't have any intentions to, you know, um, take over the business or anything like that. Uh, we really didn't know how, how big it could get, uh, what the market was and all of that, that stuff. Mm. And, you, and you just don't know, do you? You know, I think that we can have the best made plans and, and goals, mm. but um, sometimes it just doesn't, it just doesn't uh, align, you know, to what we thought we were going to do. And, and especially being down in Melbourne, I mean, a lot of people have swept the floors and worked their way all, you know, all right the way up. But, you know, a lot of stories that I've heard too in that situation, you know, people have been really bullied, you know, like really treated like crap mm. all the way up. So, yeah, no, I, yeah. I love that story. What did your mum say? Was she like, no, <laughs> piss off, or was she? Yeah, she's, she's a bit, no, she welcomed my help, but um, she's a bit averse to change, uh, whereas I'm the complete opposite and I'm always striving for improving and changing and, and looking for the for the new shiny thing, really. Um, so her and I really complement each other. Um, I think of us like she's uh, like a tree. She's the the roots um, and thing that holds grounded. Whereas I'm the, the leaves and the you know off <laughs> there and here and ideas and everything. So and she keeps me grounded. Um, so together we make a great team. Um, yeah, but I'm always constantly seeking change and improvement. Um, and I could see the trends happening of how quickly we were growing yeah. um so looking into the future a bit whereas she was kind of in the day-to-day -day, mm. just got to get it done so yeah that's how we complement each other really well so you're the visionary she's the doer maybe yeah yeah pretty much pretty much but I do like to get in there and um get my hands dirty or die on my hands and um yeah really get in there and nut stuff out and yeah develop new systems and processes yeah that's fantastic fun. yeah that's that's great when you jumped in at that six month point did you think this is just short term you know I'm just going to do this for a month I'm going to or you know for a couple of months I'm going to um what or were you in it yeah no I didn't have any any plans really I, I really didn't because I had three young kids it was pretty much day to day yeah. at that stage <laughs> 
um, just yeah, trying to trying to get through through each day and week and month and all of that when they're they're really tiny. So I didn't have yeah any intentions or ideas of what would happen. I just went with the flow. Yeah, yeah, and it worked. And you just stayed. Your mum never kicked you yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, thirteen years later. Yeah, thirteen years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't add up the years when I was looking at that. That's that's amazing. Thirteen years, no regrets. You don't. You don't miss. You don't wish you had have followed up the um, fashion industry or. No, because and I still to this day use a lot of the the concepts and things I learned in the um, more the production side of it. So, no, no regrets at all. And the way I look at it is that. Um, you know, through life you do things here and there and you might not follow through, but at some stage you're going to use those skills. And so with this business, um, it's all bringing what I love from all different aspects of marketing and production and all of that together under the one umbrella. I'm really lucky that I can have all of those things in one one thing that I get to play with. Not everybody gets that too. Not everybody's lucky enough to have that kind of, you know, the bomb drop right there. And it's just, it's, it's quite, well, now when you talk about, you know, you're building up skills and you're using them, I can't tell you how many podcast interviews I've done. And we've talked about, you know, when something that was seemingly irrelevant 10 years ago, do you, you know, mm-hmm. people, what is this? Yeah. When, when you do step into your zone, you do notice, oh my God, that's relevant, that's relevant, that's relevant. Yep. I can't tell you how many people have said the same thing, you know, that, that it was mm-hmm. just a journey that was unfolding and it was meant to happen exactly how yep. it is. And I, I think it's great. Just by paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And just investing yeah. yourself in whatever it is you're doing right now. You know, as you say, it might not end mm-hmm. up being your future, but invest in it right now and enjoy it in the moment because, you know, you do. Yeah, you do, that's it. You carry it, don't you? But now tell us. Some, you do. I thought you were going to say something else, but that's okay. Yeah. So <laughs> Cottage Garden Threads. Now, that, that probably conjures up a lot of images in a lot of people's minds as in, if they don't know you, of course, you're very famous up here, but, you know, like <laughs> some people won't know. What is this cottage? So what? explain what it does. Like, you know, what mm-hmm. do you do and how do you do it? Like don't give us give right. us the layman's terms, all right? Yeah, no trade secrets. <laughs> okay, so we take a raw thread, a uh, big cone thread about that big all on the, on the cone, and we... Um, we hand dye that. So we skein it off into hanks and then we hand dye that. So we apply different colours um, in a method that is a trade secret <laughs> and then it comes out the other end of all of our processes as as a hand dyed thread. So different colours all beautifully blended together, yeah. which the hand dyed part of it um, is because mass production companies can't emulate that hand application yeah. with giant machines so that's how we've we've got that niche yeah. um yes so it's used for embroidery for needlework um different kinds of yeah needlework things um sometimes crochet just all the yeah, different types of textile art from contemporary and modern right back to the really traditional um cross stitch and things like that so it's a very very wide um, genre, lots of different genres within that one world mm. of um, yeah people who use the product. Is this a whole so, new, 
whole world, whole new world, isn't it? Like these are there's so many of these things going on that if it's not mm. your if it's not your thing, you just never stop to think about about a being out there. That's exactly right. Yeah, and because I've I've been doing it forever in my life, it's not something new to me, and it is quite difficult to try and explain it to other people. Um, how well the best way to explain it is just by saying it's like crack for embroiderers. <laughs> our product, it's addictive. It's a collectible, you know, people want every single thing we're bringing out. Yeah. Um, so that's what it is. You know, when you've got a hobby, you've got something you love and you just want to immerse yourself in it and just have everything and um, and that that's what it is. That's what it's about. And that's what our brand is, embracing that, sharing that, connecting with other people that love that same craft, that same hobby, and just giving everyone the permission to get lost in that and just to let it absorb them. Um, yeah, it's great. I think that's a really important point, isn't it? That that a lot of us don't have hobbies anymore. You know, we used to, mm-hmm. I remember years ago and, you know, I'm showing my age, but everybody had a hobby. Do you know, everyone, or you either played sport or you had a hobby or whatever you did. Yep. And, I, and I've recently really become aware, do you know, that a lot of people don't mm. have hobbies and, you know, they might, because of Facebook, you know, and stuff like that, we sit down and scroll instead of really immersing ourselves in something we love where time passes and you don't notice that time's actually passing. You know, whereas Facebook, it's scrolling mindlessly, getting caught up in the emotions of everybody else. And, you know. Yeah, that's right. Not, yeah. You're not really you're not really immersed in a point where you're completely almost meditative, you know. it's It is. It's, yeah. Yeah. So only um, there were studies and only one in 10 Australians have a hobby um, and I'm sure it's it's very much like that globally because, um, you know, Facebook and all of that is a global thing. So when I found that out, I was shocked because I've had hobbies and crafts all my life. Um, but, yeah, to learn that only one in 10 Australians over the age of 15 actually have something that they can get lost in and it is a meditative process and it's been proven scientifically how the health benefits of things like needlework um, or having a hobby and Alzheimer's and all of these things that it's, that it's helping with and definitely stress. I mean, yeah. 95% of the population is, is stressed out. So having those things that can reduce that is so powerful and something that people don't realise. I mean, mm. civilizations were built on the culture of craft and making things and trading them with other people for things. And, you know, before money was around, that's actually what, what it was built on. And mm. we wear clothes every day and that's that's fabric, that's fibre, and it's just become so normal. No one really thinks about it now. Yeah. But when you do thread a needle and a simple art of stitching and it's it's really powerful. Mm. Yeah, I suppose too, you know, we come out, we're working longer hours, you know, you come home and it's kind of like you sit down, then it's kind of like you start scrolling, you know, and then you just, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to do anything. Whereas before we had all this, you'd come home, you think, oh, I'm bored. Well, I might do some more of my jigsaw. I might do a little bit more of I might yep. practice my guitar. But now we've got all these things going on that just makes the world so busy, 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 busy that, that we just don't do it. I love what you said about... Uh, art you know like uh, we're creating things you know creative stuff and it's it you know there's there's often people will say that art is a waste of time it's a fluffy extra you know why are you going to university to do art and you know it's sort of got a bad rap in a lot of 
Well, a lot of people give it a bad rap, but if you look at it, when you call art, you know, there's writing, there's music, there's craft, there's all Mm. sorts of things. You're exactly right because who, where did the clothes on our back come from? You know, this comes from an artistic creator who is creating something, you know, Mm. we, we listen to music. We can't live our lives without music. Well, that comes from a creative person. You know, we enjoy the, we enjoy pictures. We enjoy photography. We enjoy books. These all come from creative person and that all sits under the umbrella of arts. And I think the world would be, it would be a sad world if we didn't have all these things at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. And it'd be very, very dull. Yeah. And not only that, but uh, so problem solving is is based around creativity. I mean, you can't solve a problem in a different way than what it's been solved before unless you're using creativity. And the only way you're going to exercise that part of your brain is by doing these creative things. Um, so your left and your right brain function. I mean, they're finally coming to that with education and schools and knowing that the academic side and the creative side are just as important as each other um, because they're not going to work without each other. Um, so, yeah, my house is generally a, a mess with bits of paper cut up and everywhere and my kids are extremely creative and, and clever little little messy people, but um, I can see them apply it in um, their academic work and being able to really, yeah, think outside of the box yeah. um, and... Oh, yeah. I think it's great. And also innovation in um, businesses, Do you, you know, like you, 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 you exactly saying, you know, prob- so there's problem solving as in we've got a problem, how do we solve it? But there's also innovation. How do we make something new? How do we make something better? Mm. And all of that is is right brain stuff. Do you know, I, I love right brain stuff. I'm, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's so important. It's everything about who I am, but um, my left brain works too. So don't worry about that. But now listen, your, your little, um, uh, I say little, and I'm only saying little because Merbu North is a little town. So, and I was going to say your little factory, yes. but it, it is quite a small factory, but it makes an abundance of joyful goods. And it, it's, it's um just in a small little country town in Merbu North. And most, a lot of people, a lot of people, where is Merbu North, you know, right up in the hills. But so how do you, how do you um, hide away in the hills in such, you know, isolation I guess it's not really isolation but and still be you know so out there with the rest of to the rest of the world like you're obviously very good at social media and promotions Mm. marketing and that sort of stuff well we're very lucky that our industry is one of the highest industries for peer-to-peer or word-of-mouth marketing so with, with our product, you know, people are taking it out, they're connecting with other people that are doing that craft and they're saying, look what I've got, and they're sharing the product and then they're creating things with it. People are inspired by the things that they've created and they want to make that as well. So they actually go seeking the product because they've seen it, you know, their friends doing it. So the internet is, you know, as much as it can be a time waster, it is an amazing tool for connection, yeah. for global connection when it comes to craft because, if someone is a bit isolated and those people around them aren't crafty or don't love, they can just jump online and they can be involved in groups and, and they can find out about these things. I've got, um, you know, shops that stock our product that say, oh, all the young ones are coming in and they're just finding everything on the internet, you know, and they're not afraid to have a crack, yeah. just to have a go. You know, they'll find something, they'll go buy supplies and they'll just, they're not 
hampered by the traditional way of thinking of I have to get this right. I have to learn a certain way. I have to get it right. They just have a go, which is amazing. And it's really, yeah, it's coming back in a huge way. Um, and we're able to do it from our little old quirky building in Urban North because we, um, we have a small product, which means we can fit a lot in in a small space. But I also operate with lean principles, which means we don't waste space. Um, we do everything as efficiently as possible. So we're churning through 20,000 threads a month um, and getting them out the door in a very small space because we don't have masses of inventory and we don't have all of that. So we just have the cogs turning really well so that they're, we're just dying what we need to um, and not all this surplus stuff to have to store in places. So we make the most of the little space that we have um, by using yeah lean lean principles and lean manufacturing. I think that's wonderful. When you when you started, you know, it started to take off. Were you were you did you have that temptation? Because I would have. Oh, let's make a green one. Let's make a blue one. Let's make let's make tons of red ones. And let's make. I mean, I'm making stuff up. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. But were yeah, you yeah. tempted to just keep going and going and fill the space? And oh my god, look what we've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. Yeah, colour is limitless. I mean, the tones of colour and then you combining all those colours together really is limitless. We have uh, about 388 colours in our range and then different versions of those those products um, or what's called thread weights. So, yes, we could indeed keep going, um, but they're formulated. So we can repeat those over and over again. That's why we can have standardised lines of product and be repeating those same colours. The temptation, yeah, and and that's the way we used to operate. You know, we dye up huge batches of these things because we'll get through them eventually, but it's only through experience um, and over the years of going, hang on a minute, and then learning, you know, bits and pieces here and there, and then I discovered lean and I was like, wow, okay, and applied those principles and realised, well, actually, you do less to do more. So it's, yeah, and when you start seeing those things, um, yeah, you can really understand that you don't, need to make heaps of things um that's based around ego a lot of that having massive spaces to fill making massive amounts of stuff um i think a lot of that is ego and and trying to prove that you know oh we are successful because we're making lots and we've got heaps and we've got big you know spaces to fill where in fact if you, you scale right back and you're just doing what um what the customer wants that's yeah and getting it out the door just turning it around but that's something you would have learned too like when you start a business you know there's so much you don't know you know and so a lot of people don't actually start because of the fear of well I don't know what to do I don't know what's going to happen what what, what you know what if I make mm. a mistake but I think the you know what you're saying is you you just keep you go into it and you just start to learn you just start to fine tune as you're going and I don't think there's any business on this planet that got it right the first time nobody walked in the door and said ah I know how to run a business you know like we're all we're all sort of fine tuning every single day as we go through Oh, making it up as we go along, absolutely. And the more and more you get into the business, you realise that everyone's doing the same thing. No matter how big they are, at some some level, they're making it up as they go along and they're just learning new bits and pieces as you go along. You know, you go, aha, I need to find something out about that. And we've got the internet. We've got, you know, the resources there. You just jump on and you find out about that thing that you don't know about. 
Um, I think a lot of people are really scared, um, especially, you know, my mum, she was so scared because she didn't know about business and about all that stuff. And and it really hold, held her back because um, she thought to the outside world, she had to look like she knew everything. But I'm not afraid of saying, I don't know that or asking a question, what do you mean? I don't understand. Can you explain that? Um, because you just don't know it yet. No. Like once you do, then you apply it, you trial it, you know, you go back, you test it, you, and that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, there is a sort of shame though, isn't there, or that feeling of um, feeling of pride, you know, if, if I ask somebody, they're going to think, well, you don't know what you're doing, you know, and, they, and they're going to lose confidence, you know, mm-hmm. lose confidence in me, they're not going to buy my product, you know, they're going to think, well, she's just bloody winging it, you know. So I think it takes a lot of guts actually, to, you know, to be to say, oh, you know, mm-hmm. can somebody help me? But at the same time, I think it's about finding the right person to help, you know, because there are a lot of people out there yes. that are going to criticise and say, oh, you told you so, you know, why did you ever do that? And, but they're not helpful at all, you know, but th- there are a lot of people no. out there who truly, truly want to see other people succeed. And we're kind of convinced that that's not the case. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of convinced that we have to be secretive and everything else. But if you find your right mm-hmm. tribe, you you know, it's the the... The support is is in abundance out there waiting for you. You just got to find the right people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And imposter syndrome. I mean, who doesn't have that to some degree? That's only human. Um, and for years and years in the business, you know, we pretended we were this shiny, you know, business and um, to the outside world. And that was actually not a good thing because then people would assume that the product was made overseas and that we just bought it in. They didn't realise that we actually make it here. Um, They thought we had all of these, you know, staff and a massive facility and, and then it lost that personal connection because they thought we were just another big mass producing company. So since COVID hit, you know, we've really gone back to grassroots and, and shown the world who we are. We're in this quirky old building in Mervinor. This is us. This is who we are. We're producing, you know, this product by hand and people just embrace it and love it because then we're, you know, we can relate to people because at the end of the day, everyone's everyone's people. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, that's right. And, and people just want to see real now. They don't want the shiny bloody rubbish. They want, and they want to know mm-hmm. the story behind the brand. Do you know, well, you know what's going on in that factory? I don't, I don't just want you to see you open the open the little hatch and a little, little bit of thread pops out. You know, I want to, I want to know the, the people in there. I want to, you know, on your website, you've got a great story, you know, about on your about page as in, you know, how it all started. And, 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 and I encourage people to go read that because, and by the way, it's cottagegardenthreads.com.au. I'm going to cover that again at the end. But um, go and have a look at it because, you know, you can see the story on there, but also you can see the threads. And so if you're a little bit confused still about what the threads are, you know, when Katie was saying, you know, joining them all together and that, I didn't, I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't looked at the picture. So um, go and have a look and then get to understand it. You don't have to become a needle worker, but, you know, just it's, it's so nice to appreciate all the different businesses that are out there and all the different niches that are out there, even if you don't do them, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't yeah. do a lot of things, but I, I look in the shops, you know, and I think, wow, it's really interesting. And I'm so happy that people are feeling good when they do this stuff, even though I don't do it, you know, and I, I 
I wish more people would um, appreciate that. And when you find something new, don't poo-poo it. So, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know this existed, yeah. you know. And all these little things make up the world. Every little thing that's there mm. makes a difference. But, yeah, that's right. It's what makes us all different and unique. You know, and my nanny used to say it takes all types to make the world go around. And it's it's about everyone finding that thing that they can just love and get absorbed in, you know, whether it's model trains or kite flying or, you know, who knows what. But, yes, having the understanding that, that people can get into that, that flow state, that meditative, just that pure joy of doing something, even though it can be frustrating at times, um, is magic. It's absolute magic and it's what the world is missing and we need more of. And you're right, people are wanting their money to go further. They want their dollars to go to something that actually means yeah. something. And so they're looking for those, those products and those businesses that they can see where their money's going. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, I think it's really important to be that vulnerable. Um, you know, you don't have to show everyone everything, but just who you are, where you are and what you're doing. I agree. And I think that each person has a sense of altruism. You know, like we, we all do have this amazing sense of altruism. Some of us it's been dulled down, you know, and some people it's overly excitable, like mine's a little bit over the top. But it's, um, but what, but, you know, we, we don't often get opportunities. A lot of people have said to me through, you know, this work that I do is that I provide them opportunities to be altruistic, you know, and and often they, they don't see an obvious way to do it. So, so that affects your self-worth and it affects all sorts of stuff about you. But when you get this opportunity to contribute, and so if you know somebody's story, you know, as part of a business, you're like, oh, I love contributing to that. It just makes me feel good mm. that I'm doing that. And I think that's, um, that's such an important, thing isn't it now I want to ask you this because you know like as I said earlier a lot of people have got an idea and they don't do it you know because they're like yeah what if I fail and it's too hard and I don't know the next 15 steps therefore I won't take even the first step when you started this you know like you jumped in with your mom and you know you're saying oh I brought in all the spreadsheets and you know I just learned as I went along and all that kind of stuff it's it's quite daunting and especially when you start looking at you know tax and paying people and and um mm -hmm. you know all the i don't know insurances and you know you know when you get into all that nitty it's all very well to make a product but then you've got all that back end that that mm -hmm. you're always fearing god what if i make what if i muck that up what if i make a mistake were there times when you were learning all that stuff that you you know, felt defeated or you felt like this is just too much to learn. I just don't think we can do this. We're kidding ourselves. Uh, a lot of it you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And until it pops up um, and you have to deal with it, then you actually, you, you don't really know. So we, the business did grow organically, as in people were loving the product, buying the product, and then we just kind of picked up a few stuff here and there and, um, and those foundations weren't laid. Um, so, you know, the basics were, but when you really get into those fundamentals of business that everyone talks about that you're like, oh, I don't know what that means. I'm just going to hide in a hole and um, pretend it's <laughs> I don't need to, to find it out. Um, so they, you know, they will come up. And if you get in there early and talk to the right people, I mean, back 13 years ago, there weren't little incubator programs and things like that. I actually went back last year after COVID and when the business scaled back um, and I did a startup course, even though we'd been in business for years and years, I thought, no, nah, I'm going to 
I don't care what I know. Um, I'm going to pretend we're starting again um, and to really lay those foundations all over again. Um, luckily for us, we had all those years of hindsight in there. Um, but, yeah, you just don't know what you don't know. So doing something like that, an incubator course, which are available now, you know, they weren't then. The internet and the wealth of knowledge in being able to, to find all these things out, you just have to be willing to ask and put your hand up and say, hey, yeah. I just need, uh, I don't know what, what I'm doing here. Hey, point me in the right direction. Yeah. It's all there. And there are so many programs. We'll give Startup Gippsland a plug. You know, you and I mentors yes. for Startup Gippsland. Um, you know, last year it was Startup Gippsland that you did, you know, and, and make, you know, they, they are, a leader in the in the startup space you know but there are if you're not from Gippsland you know if you are from Gippsland God join but if you are not from Gippsland you know there are so many so many mm. um, programs out there that are there to support you and the government is putting so much money into free free training and all that kind of stuff because mm. I thought maybe maybe things have changed but they never used to but now maybe they see now the value of all these um independent small businesses that are really the backbone of communities and and there is so much yeah, yeah there's so much out there when you started you um you know I read on you I read on your about page you, you got to go read it guys because it's, it's 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 long but it's it's a very great it's a, it's a great <laughs> story um you said you were you know having started having your, your business meetings up at the local bakery and you were sitting there having jokes with your mum. Oh, now we're very important business people. At that point, did you feel like, because you were saying it in a joking way, oh, look at us having our meeting because we're very important business people. Underneath that, were you feeling like we're just kidding ourselves? Other people run big businesses we're just we're just small fish and you know let's just see what we can do were you we're feeling a little bit I'm not big mum was yep yeah yeah mum was um definitely and and that that one of those meetings you know we were using one cone of thread a month but in my little spreadsheets that I'd made I could predict a little bit into the future and and I said mum I think we're gonna have to start buying five a month and she went nah <laughs> I said yeah so she trusted me and that's what we did and and now I think we go through nearly 80 a month or something like um it's just yeah it's unbelievable so mum was definitely thinking that but I've always been a dreamer you know I've always been thinking of the future and the possibilities and what could happen and what we could do so even though I didn't think we were going to turn into what we are today we just didn't know what that was I just knew that we could be bigger you know we could do more and be bigger and just keep keep going like that so I didn't have an end goal in mind but that just that idea that it's growing you know a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger just keep going with it. And for people, you know, who, who are trying to start up businesses, that's great advice, you know, that that do your spreadsheet and do your projections, do, you know, and, and watch it grow because I think sometimes we don't see the growth. It's very hard to measure mm. unless we are measuring, you know, and I think when you can see the growth, you, you, you get a bit excited. It's like, you know, wow, if we've gone from one to five and now we're at 80, there's no reason why we can't be at 200, you know, and then eventually there's no reason why we can't yeah. get a bigger place and be at 2,000. And I think that 
you know, because you don't just have a cap on it. If 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 somebody's, for example, there's not just there's not just thirty thousand needlework people in the world, and that's all there ever ever be. Because if somebody's so passionate about it, and they're showing, you know, and then now you're talking about the younger kids coming through doing it. You know, there's if if you're yeah. watching someone do it and they're looking so happy, you're kind of like, oh, I think I want to have a crack at that. You know, I want to do that. So there's always there's always room for you know so much expansion, but. At what point did you think to yourself, you know, you, you really solidified in your head, you went, wow, we've created a sex, a se- well, a sexy business, but we, we've created a successful business. Like, you know, was there a point where you just went like that and said, my God? Uh, yeah, there, there really was. And it was when COVID hit um, and we... So our supplies were held up um, and we couldn't make what what we wanted to, you know, for our customers. And when the customers, they said, we've got you back, it's all right, we'll get through this too. You know, we've built a a really great relationship with our customers and and they were there for us. And we thought, we've got a product we're fighting for. This is is absolutely worth fighting for um, because it wasn't us saying our product's worth buying, it was the customers saying... You know, we we want this to continue. We want you guys. We're worried about you guys. We want you guys to to still be around. Um, that was the point where we thought, yeah, this is this is worth fighting for. This is this is success. I think for us, that's what success meant. Um, is that we were making a difference in people's lives, uh, and and they just they wanted us to be around, and they were in our corner. They were ready to fight with us. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? That, that, I, I love that. Yeah. It's um, you know, you know the. Uh, I think that what people can see is an overnight success. You know, clearly you're not that right, but um, because you've been around 13 years, but yeah. you know, you know, businesses will just suddenly appear. Well, they don't really, but people f- suddenly find them. Do you know? And they're kind of like, oh, I, I, yeah, they come into people's awareness. Yeah, so so yeah. therefore they think, oh, an overnight success. <laughs> I'm getting my words a bit bad today. And overnight success, you know, they think that. But um, and a lot of people don't get started, you know, because they're intimidated by, well, that person was an overnight success, and so was that person. I just don't have that luck, do you know? And and I don't have what it takes. And they they're sort of intimidated by thinking, well, other people have got these magical skills because somehow they just made it o- overnight, you know. But and then we then we don't start because all the comparisons kick in. But they're better than me. But they've got skills. Mm-hmm. Eh? More, you know, more knowledge. What would you say to that? Put you on the spot, haven't I? What would I say to that? <laughs> uh, you just have to get real tough with yourself, um, you know, and tell yourself to pipe down uh, because if you've got something that you want to do, I think it, it is human nature for those comparisons to kick in and that imposter syndrome and all that stuff, but you just got to get through that um, and get over yourself really um, because these people all started off the same way and if you're open and willing to learn and not afraid of being the dumbest person in the room um, then yeah you will learn you'll pick it up and before you know it you'll be further than what you are today yeah. it's as simple as that really it is that simple isn't it just take one step in the right direction and then take the next step yeah in. We said we both said earlier, you know, that people are just winging it. You know, most you, you ask some of the most successful people in the world, and they say, "I have no idea what I'm doing." Don't ask, you know. Yeah. Just I learn. 
They just know a little bit more than yesterday. Exactly. And I think it's that's a really great message for listeners to hear. You know, anyone who's thinking about starting or wanting to start but hasn't done it is that is nobody knows. Like whenever you start a business, you don't have all the you know, you have the passion, you have the drive and you have the, wow, this is good and I love this. And then we get that whole academic business brain kicks in, says, oh, yeah, but you don't know, you don't you don't know all that. And then people are going to laugh at you and, you know, you're going to fail and we just, but I think if the, the message that you're saying and the message that a lot of people says is that you, I don't know, I, I don't know, you know, like I know what I know today. Um, tomorrow I'm going to have another snag. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to work it out. And we just keep moving and we just keep growing. And I, I, I wish that more people would get that message, to, you know, so that they would actually start. And I yeah. think that people, another mistake is people want to um, reach their big grand goal immediately but no business ever reached their big grand goal immediately they started off a little bit and started off a little bit and then there's also the view that if I just start off a little bit people are going to think it's not a business people are going to think it's it's just me you know on me little baby stuff and but every business starts somewhere they just they do how did um you you talked before about COVID you know was a point where you uh you know, this, hey, this is successful. This is it. However, you also said that COVID kind of interrupted, you know, it stopped your business, it stopped your flow. So how did it interrupt your business apart from stopping your flow? Like, it just, did it crash you or? Uh, huge, yeah, huge. Um, you know, the world didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden everything was shut down and we were here in Victoria. And so, you know, everything was completely shut down. So we had to take a step back or 10 steps back and, and look at everything from a big picture here and go, okay, if number one, is it worth fighting for? Yes, it's worth fighting for. Okay, so how are we going to do it? And we reached out for help and said, okay, we don't know what the next step is. How are we going to do that? So we reached out to business support services. Um, and a shout out to um, Full Circle HR over in Warrigal, um, Caitlin Grisby. And, you know, she she said, okay, let's, let's make a plan. Um, and we thought, right, we're going to scale right back to mum and I. We're going to start, start again. And, and there was tough, tough decisions that came with that we had to let go of seven staff. So, you know, staff who had been some with us for six or more years that we knew their families, you know, we, but we, we just had to make these decisions and just do it in the right way, do it ethically uh, and fairly. But it was for the survival of the business, really. That's, that's what it came down to. So we had to step back, we had to make a plan and then just, you know, follow that path of that plan. And it, it was really hard. It was it was really hard, you know, to get up each day and um, and to be pushing forward. But when I did, I asked our customers um, when it all happened and, and we sent out the email newsletters and said, okay, this is what's happened. Supplies are held up. I know you guys want your threads, but we, we can't, we can't do it um, just, you know, right now. And so I asked them, I said, hey, I need your help. Um, and this is what you can do for us. And, uh, you know, let me know you're in our corner. And I added a little a button to the email that they pushed and it sent an email 
saying that they were in our corner. And, and then the flood of support messages we got from our customers was really what kept us going through those days um, and knowing that, that they had our back. Some didn't, you know, but it actually gave us a chance to really look at who we wanted to align ourselves with yeah, yeah. in the future. And I think it did that for the for the a lot of businesses out there um, to take a step back and go, okay, how are we going to move forward with this? And and what is everything, you know, worth? Like, why are we doing this? Um, and so, yeah, we, we did. We made a plan um, and we just kept pushing forward, literally one step at a time some days, mm. one foot in front of the other. Yeah, so when you talk about is is are your threads in distributors like do you have shops that sell for you or is it all you do? Yeah. Yeah, so we wholesale our our products out to shops um around Australia and globally as well. We've got um about 11 countries. We've got shops over there, but they they um you know mum and dad owned or people owned shops. They're not chain stores. We don't stock chain stores. We stock boutique stores, um, people running their own businesses because that's where the skills are too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's where people to go to learn knowledge and that's where knowledge is passed on. So we don't sell directly to the public um, like some other com- our competitors do because that means they're bypassing the skill there that's being passed on that's going to keep our industry alive. Yeah. Um, so, and we want to support those stores so we're not, you know, going to be our own competition by going and selling direct to the public. Yeah. So we encourage everyone to go into those bricks and mortar stores and to learn the skills and keep that connection and that community going. Yeah. Um, and the same thing for online stores as well. There is still that that connection there, um, which is so important with, with craft and with handmade product to really keep that alive um, because without that, there is nothing. The industry will die. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the reason I asked more so, but you've 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 just you know I answered a whole whole different realm that I wasn't even going down. So I'm glad you did. But I, I was thinking, you know, when COVID hit, you know, and we were going into shops and things weren't there, you know, and and, and it's kind of like we were like blaming mm. the shop person, or we were like, oh bloody COVID, or you know, you know, and we we conjured up a lot of things in our mind as to why these things weren't there. But I but. You know, I'm curious to know, not from you, but just curious, you know, how many people sort of um, looked further and looked beyond and said, well, well, hang on, where's this stuff coming from? And what what, ex- what, what are they experiencing that's that's causing them to not be able to either make it or to get it there? Do you, you know, and I think that um, it opened up this whole world of uh, realising, well, for some of us, I'm, I, I think some people just cranky, but it, it really brought it home what sort of chains are in place, do you know, what sort of mm. systems are in place to, to supply, well, supply chains, do you know, you know, what, what, how many people are involved and how many points are involved just to get you one thing in a shop, do you, you know, and I think COVID really sort of burst that open for a few of us and thought, oh, my God, it made us think, well, I wonder where that comes from. I wonder why they can't. Mm. I wonder if that comes from. And to shop locally. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. So, yeah. And it did. It, it, I totally agree. Um, it made people more aware and, and think about it rather than this instant gratification of being able to have something at your fingertips yeah. instantly. Yeah. Um, it meant that people had to go back and, yeah, think about it. And so you're shopping local and 
not just localizing in your own town, but if you were plucked and put in a different town, you know, what is local to there? Or like, so by shopping local, we think small businesses now, um, rather than just big corporations and mass produced stuff, is going back to that shopping, um, shopping local. It really has just boomed that, that part of the industry. So it's kind of been a present wrapped in sandpaper, really. Yeah. Smaller, small businesses because they now have that support and that understanding from people that might not have thought that or thought I can go and get that somewhere else for half the price or, you know, that kind of thing. Now people are going, oh, yeah, yeah, we know that it's where it's coming from and we want our money to go further. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, though, um, it you know not not all businesses made it through. You know that that's the that is one of the mm. downfalls of that. But you when spe- yeah. speaking of COVID, you uh, at, the, at our last you know startup gift sign thing, you you got up and had a talk, and I, you kind of blew my socks off a bit because you said that you did a search, a Google search. I don't even know how you did this, so you'll have to teach me. But um, and you found that uh, needlework was. <laughs> Was the biggest mm. hobby? Was the biggest spike in, in that? That's huge. I don't know if it started from COVID, but when you searched it over COVID, needlework mm. was by far the biggest hobby that was being done. You know, and, and you shocked you shocked me because yeah, I thought it was just like a small niche that a few people did, but to say it was a, mm. that's amazing. That that's amazing. So that was a little trick that I learned in the in the startup Gippsland course last year when I was a participant is how easy it is to find trends and what's happening by going onto Google Trends and just putting in you know a few um, things that people might be googling for and putting in their search bars. And so I did um, yeah some comparisons and it turns out that needlework Google searches for needlework increased by 259% and out of all hobbies like puzzles and, you know, yoga and gardening and cooking and all these different hobbies, it was right there at the top um, and people were getting online and they were searching, you know, how do I do needlework? And because there's YouTube tutorials out there, you know, there's so much out there and something that's small, compact, you know, you can see the results really quickly um yeah it blew me away too (laughs) here I am sitting in our business um doing this every day and I didn't realize how um yeah how popular it was becoming so I'm like right okay we've got to ride the wave here and now you can see it popping up at Kmart like you know embroidery kits in in Kmart and they're a great place to start like just just get started pick it up and do it like I don't care if you're not going to use our threads. You don't have to use our threads. I mean, you'll learn why when you start using that <laughs> stuff. But, um, yeah, just pick it up and have a go. So it's it's coming into mainstream um, now, uh, yeah, and we saw that kind of happening. Like the Make It, Bake It, Sew It, Grow It revival has been happening for a few years, but COVID was just an absolute catalyst for that. Yeah. It just sped it up so fast because everyone wanted, they were craving some kind of um, productivity and sense of achievement during COVID, you know, they might have been stuck at home. Um, yeah, and they were just just craving it. And that was a simple way that you could do it, order something online, it come to you and get started straight away. Yeah. 
Wow, just it's fascinating, isn't it? And, and I can see why in COVID it would be just a small thing. You just sit it on your dresser or something, do you know what I mean? Or, or somewhere on the edge of your table and, oh, I'm sick of this work for now. I'm just going to do a few stitches. And it's not like getting out a great yeah. table that you're sanding back, you know, taking up your whole living space. But oh, I, think it, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Now, I've loved this. I've absolutely loved it. I'm going to ask him a big question because it's not really a big question. I'm talking shit, really, but it's just a question I have to ask everybody. So this this podcast is Get Off the Bench, you know, to inspire people to take action, go do their thing. What advice would you give to somebody who has a passion for something quite niche because, you Mm. know, like, but doesn't feel there'd be enough interest to build a business? What what, What advice would you give them? Well, if you love it, there's other people that are bound to love it too and you just find them. Put it in front of them, show them, get their feedback, you know, and that if somebody loves what you love, then you'll be able to connect with them and things will start happening from there. Yeah, if you love it, bound to be other geeks about whatever you're geeking out about out there in the world uh, and the internet's there. Find forums, find your people, find your tribe and it'll go from there. Yeah, I love, I love that advice. And it's, you know, often people will say, I couldn't find what I wanted, so I had to build it. Do you, and if you build it, you know, they say that saying, you build it and they will come. And some people say that's bullshit. Don't do that. You know, only build it if they're going to come. But who knows? You know, who knows what's right or wrong? But the, the point is, I think you've got to give it, you got to think, give things a crack. You have to, you have to test the waters. And if it matters to yeah. you, do it. I love that. Love it. So where can people find you? All right. People can find Cottage Cottage Garden Threads on Instagram and uh, Facebook and the website you mentioned before. And we're going to start on TikTok soon because that's where all the, um, you know, all the cool people are. There's heaps of tutorials and stuff on TikTok. Jump on there and have a look uh, for embroidery and stitching. And you can find me on LinkedIn, Katie Dawson, uh, yeah, that's where I am. Absolutely love it. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes anyway so people can get on there. But just in case someone doesn't click through, it is Katie Dawson on LinkedIn, Cottage Garden Threads on Insta and Facebook, and the website is cottagegardenthreads.com.au. So go and have a look and, you know, start needlework. I, I'm not going to because I, I don't have the patience and I, I used to do it. I've tried it before and all I do is ever stab myself. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not nimble enough to be doing that. But but there are going to be, I know people who absolutely love doing that. And I think that there's it's got so much merit in it, you know, in the in the meditative state so I, I love what you're doing absolutely love it and I think it's um I love that it's so it's niche it, it's kind of the thing that most people don't think about and it, you're just a you're a shining example that you can take something that is a, a, a niche product and you can build an empire with it you know and I think that you, you're the epitome of sort of just taking a chance on something small and growing it to something big and I, I absolutely love that I, I love it so much so Thank you for joining us and thank Thanks, Karen. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and you know your your bright personality. And I, I love your positivity, you know, and your your sort of can do attitude. I didn't know what to do, but I found out how. And I, yeah, mm. yeah, the world needs more of you. We need need to bottle you somehow and duplicate you. And your mum might not think so, but I do, you know. <laughs> and same to you, Karen. Just need one little you version to put in my pocket to get me going every day. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been a bit slack with that. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And, and uh, we'll chat with you so- again soon. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Oops. See ya. <laughs> Oh, guys, I absolutely love that. I love Katie's energy. I love her positivity. I love her, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to find out. I love that it's a niche product that she has just found this market for and grown it and grown it. But she's growing it with this passion. I love my needlework. You know, if only more people really loved what they do and really immerse themselves in it. What what a world we'd have. And I think before Katie said something like, imagine people, you know, fulfilling their passion and doing things they love. And I always have this saying, like, if you're doing that, your lights on and imagine the globe of the world and all these sparkly lights just start coming on all over the place. Wow. What a, what a world we would have if we would just forget the fear and just embrace stuff. And if you've got a business you think you'd like to start and you're really not sure if uh, people are going to buy your product, I reckon start small and start anyway because you're never going to know you're always going to feel like a failure you're always going to feel like feel this sense of regret if you don't do it if you do it it doesn't work who cares at least you had a crack you can modify it you can change it and, and then go and do it in a different way but you, you just you can't live life thinking what if what if what if just give it a go anyway i'm going to get on my ranty ravey thing that i get going on and so i'm going to stop but thank you guys so much for uh joining me every week you guys are unbelievable marvelous this wouldn't happen i wouldn't be no good me talking to myself so thanks for joining me and i will see you again next week okay see ya Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.